You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens, I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, and we return here another non-victory Monday. The Ravens' fifth straight loss came at the hands of the Los Angeles Rams in Week 17 by the final score of 20-19. to Now, funny enough, that's actually how this Ravens losing streak started with a 20-19 to loss of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, the, the record at least is coming around full circle which is uh, pretty unfortunate. This is a team that was eight and three. You know, a lot of people, very high hopes for them after, you know, really defining all the, or defying all the odds and making sure that, yeah, they put themselves in good enough position to make the playoffs. Even if they dropped a couple games here or there towards the end of the season, well, they didn't put themselves in good enough position to drop five straight. They now are at eight and eight and their playoff chances very, very, very slim. Not completely dead, but it's not, it's not looking good. I'll, I'll say that. So we'll talk about the Ravens and their playoff scenarios, where they are in the playoff standings right now in the final segment. But here in the first segment, I do want to, well, in the second as well, do want to take the time to talk about this game. Another heartbreaking, heart-wrenching loss for many as the Ravens have lost four of their last five games by a combined five points. The only exception being the Bengals, which they lost by 20. So in the first segment, we'll talk about the offense a little bit, talk about Tyler Huntley, talk about the red zone struggle for this offense and more. In the second segment, we'll flip over to the defensive side of the ball, talk a bit about how they were able to stifle Matthew Stafford and the Rams offense for most of this game. But at the end of the day, they couldn't make a stop when they needed to towards the end portion of the game. And that ended up being the difference. And then as I talked about the final segment, we'll save for playoff scenarios, situations, and just again, where this team goes from here as we've been doing all season long. So before we dive into everything, thank you for making Lockdown Ravens your first listen of the day. I also really appreciate you making Lockdown Ravens a listen at all after a loss. I know how difficult it can be to listen to anything, you know, your favorite team related after a loss, especially a heartbreaking one. And when the season is going south at the moment for the team, but uh, I do appreciate all the support for everybody who has been listening, especially throughout this losing streak. If you're following along with us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and audio form, be sure to follow the show and hit the follow button anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're following along with us in video form on YouTube, you can see my face, my background. Be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel. It greatly does help out a lot. I'm, I'm looking for 1,000 subscribers as the first goal on YouTube. We're steadily growing the channel. I'm very excited about it. And also be sure to follow me on Twitter at ChaosShirker34 and the Locked on Ravens account at Locked on Ravens. So with all that being said, we'll dive into it here and we will start off with the Ravens offense, an offense that was okay. It, it was all right. Tyler Huntley finished the game 20-32, 197 yards, no touchdowns, one interception through the air. Also had six carries for 54 yards on the ground. This was an all right performance from from Tyler Huntley, you know, this wasn't a terrible performance. The inter- the interception he threw was bad. Him and Marquise Brown were not on the same page on that play and it's been it's been a little bit of a struggle for those two to get onto the same page. Huntley has had great rep- rapport with guys like Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, you know, a couple of other guys as well, but it just it hasn't really been there as much as I think people have wanted it to for Marquise Brown and Tyler Huntley. So that's a situation that's unfortunate. And on the interception, it was right before the half. The Ravens up 10 to nothing. The Ravens super, super aggressive. And, and I've always said, if you've listened to the show for a long time, you've probably heard me say multiple times 
that the Ravens two-minute offense is either the best thing you'll ever see or the worst thing you'll ever see. And this time, it was the worst thing we've ever seen because it allowed the Rams to get back into this game. They score a touchdown and end up getting on the board. So the Ravens, they could have gone into the half up 10 to nothing. Instead, they go in up 10-7 and the Rams get the ball back. And it was just, it was a momentum swing. I mean, it was any play, any big play like that, right? If it had gone the Ravens way and Lamar and excuse me, Tyler Huntley and Marquise Brown are on the same page with each other, you know, that's a huge momentum swing in the Ravens favor that puts them up even more. And that's what the Ravens are going for. Look, you have to respect the Rams offense on the other side of the football where Tyler Huntley's probably looking and saying, yeah, we need points before the half. You know, Greg Roman, John Harbaugh, everybody's saying we need points before the half against a very high flying, high powered Rams offense. And it just, it didn't go their way that time. And it was big, you know, the Ravens, you know, all this is in hindsight, of course, but the Ravens give up seven points there in a one point loss. So you can go back and look at a lot of that is, oh, well, if they didn't give up that touchdown and win the game, well, there are a lot of other factors that are, you know, going to be determining factors in that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's true to go and look at that and say, you know what? They gave up seven points there. They lost by one. Let's put the pieces together. So that's something to look at the running game. The running game was all right. They averaged 5.2 yards per carry, something that, uh, you know, compared to what they've done in a couple other games this season has been very good. Uh, Devonta Freeman led this team 14 carries, 76 yards. I mentioned Huntley 6 for 54. That's Havius Murray 11 for 31. He did not do great in this one. And Devin DuVernay 1 for 4. I thought Freeman showed some burst. The offensive line from a run blocking perspective was actually pretty decent, in my opinion. I mean, it was not amazing. It was not horrendous as well i thought freeman again looked really good I, again I, i'm gonna say it i would love for the ravens to maybe bring back devonta freeman as their third down back someone who can catch passes out of the backfield i know that before the year the ravens wanted to get gus edwards jk dobbins involved in that role but i think freeman as a veteran would be nice now it would not surprise me if the team wants to go younger and draft somebody in the mid rounds or in the later rounds there as well but i think freeman's earned another shot in baltimore latavius murray i don't really see coming back he has he profiles as a Gus Edwards type player and the results that he has given this team have not been amazing so it, it would honestly be pretty shocking if I would see Latavius Murray back in, in a Ravens uniform but again we'll find out once free agency hits but we're not to free agency yet this Ravens receiving group Mark Andrews becoming the Ravens single season receiving your leader so congratulations to Mark Andrews he led this team once again Six receptions, 89 yards for him. Rashad Bateman, seven for 58. Marquise Brown had three for 28. Devin Duvernay, two for 19. Nick Boyle, one for two. And Devonta Freeman, one for one. So it wasn't a huge game in way of the pass for the Ravens offense. They, they were really running the football. And we saw in a couple of drives, they were having immense success running the football. And then they would either move away from it or do something where it was a little bit, eh, why, why are you doing that? But you know, it, it was good to at least see the Ravens establish a ground game at points in this game, which it was encouraging to, to say the least. But I do want to talk about the red zone offense. The red zone offense, in my opinion, is the number one reason why the Ravens lost this football game. In a one point loss, you leave anywhere from six to 10 points on the board because you go 0 for 2 in the red zone. And I say 6 or 10 or 6 to 10 because obviously it's three apiece for a touchdown if you're factoring in the field goal that Tucker kicked. So, you know, it's six for a touchdown. And then either you have the extra point go. So that's two extra points, eight points, or you have two two-point conversions. So 10 points. So regardless, the Ravens left more points on the board than they lost by, which is never a good recipe for winning, by the way. But it's just so unfortunate because the Ravens offense 
drove down the field on these drives. They were running the football down the Rams throat. And, you know, especially the second one this, later in the game where it feels like if the Ravens score a touchdown there, the game is over because it's, again, a two-score two game. And I was I was looking at this and I was seeing the Ravens. Get, it was, what, first and goal at the five. They get down to the two. There's a penalty, and it's just all this crazy stuff that goes on. If the Ravens score a touchdown there, the game is over, in my opinion. Now, again, I was sitting there and thinking if the Ravens don't score a touchdown – the Ravens defense, we'll talk about them in a few minutes here. They did a great job all day, all day of holding Matthew Stafford in check, Cooper Cup in check for the most part, Odo Beckham in check. But they were getting tired out there, it looks like. And in the fourth quarter there, you know, I didn't know how confident I was for them to stop this Rams offense. And you you, you might be thinking, oh, well, it's in hindsight. You're saying because it's hindsight. Well, no, I would have said it if the Ravens won too. But I was thinking if the Ravens do not score a touchdown on this drive, they have a very high probability to lose this game. And what happened? They lost the game, unfortunately for them. And, you know, it's tough to sit here and think about the missed opportunities. There are missed opportunities every football team goes through at the NFL level every single week. But with them losing four of these last five games by five points, whether it was a play or two plays or a missed this or a failed that, you know, if the Ravens had won just one more game, on, on their five-game losing streak, if it was a four-game losing streak is at a five, or if they had won a game in the middle there, you know, we'd, we'd be talking about a much different team. We'd be talking in a much better tone with a lot more optimism. But now the Ravens with, you know, an under 10% chance to make the playoffs at this point, largely because they just cannot finish games, cannot punch in the ball in the red zone, which has not been just a week 17 issue. It's been an issue for a while for this team where, their red zone offense has not been up to the standards that they need it to be at in order to be a playoff team. So, you know, week 18 brings a little bit of hope, a little bit of optimism. We'll again, talk about it in the final segment, but at the same time, their playoff chances are relying on so much and are so slim right now. You know, you kind of look back and say, man, if that ball had bounced a different way, how, how would we be talking right now? So the Ravens offense can only muster 12 points, you know, it was a 19 point game or for the Ravens in general, but seven of those came from the defense. So, only 12 points for the Ravens offense, all coming on the leg of Justin Tucker. The Ravens don't score an offensive touchdown throughout the entirety of the game in Week 17. We'll head into our first break. Then when we get back, we'll be diving into the Ravens defense. So stay tuned for that, and we'll bring it back. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. It makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. If you want to eat healthier, but it just gets so boring, maybe by week three, you might be thinking it's not worth it, but Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least have something that tastes good and is good for you. That way you can enjoy a delicious Built Bar. You can almost count it as a workout. And there are so many flavors to choose from. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We return here. It's our second segment of this Locked on Ravens Monday edition. Kevin Allstriker, your host, still here with you talking after a 20-19 loss to the Los Angeles Rams. And thank you again for, for tuning in, for sticking with me for this long. And is this season has been a wild and wacky one, and it's been a crazy one covering this team throughout all of it. But let's dive into this defensive unit 
for the Ravens as they do only allow the Rams to score 20 points. And usually that would be enough to win a football game, especially in the Lamar Jackson era. We've talked about it time and time again, where I think the defense has played well enough, well enough for the Ravens to have, instead of an 0-5 stretch here, 2-3, and 3-2, and maybe even 4-1, and but the offense is, despite the yardage numbers, people go back and point to the yardage numbers, and I understand that, but just like the argument for passing numbers for a quarterback, that is not the be-all, end-all of an offense. There are a lot more, or there are a lot more categories to go into just how successful an offense is, and the defense has been playing very well for the most part, all things considered. Look, the injuries they have gone through. The one game where I would say they played absolutely terribly was Cincinnati, and that's a game that they don't get a pass for whatsoever. And they don't necessarily get a pass because they end up losing all these games here, and they can't do this in the clutch and that in the clutch, and this was another example of that. But holding this offense to 20 points, holding Cooper Cup to 6 for 95 and a touchdown – That's not nearly as bad as I thought this game was going to get from a defensive perspective. Matthew Stafford, 26 to 35, 309 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. This Ravens defense forced three turnovers. They scored seven points or were responsible for seven points. They played their hearts out. And that's despite not having Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and Deshaun Elliott and whoever else you want to throw under that category, Dafe Owe, et cetera. You know, they didn't have a lot of guys and they still were able to really hold their ground against an offense that really came into this week is one of the more potent high-flying offenses. There was a shot the Rams could have put up 40 in this one, but they end up only putting up 20. The Ravens rendered the ground game for Los Angeles pretty ineffective. Sony Michelle was the only player to get a carry for the Rams outside of Matthew Stafford, who just had one for negative one. Michelle, 19 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. was only 3.9 yards per carry. There were a couple of big runs in there, but for the most part, The Ravens made the Rams one-dimensional, which was one of the key, key parts, or at least the big key for me coming into this game. For a receiving perspective for the Rams, Cooper Cup 6 for 95 and a score, as I mentioned. Tyler Higby 6 for 69, no touchdowns. Van Jefferson 4 for 63, Odo Beckham Jr. 5 for 39 and a touchdown. Sonny Michelle 3 for 25, and Ben Skonarek 2 for 18. So... You know, this is this wasn't like a high yardage game. Again, it's not like they gave up 525 to Joe Burrow here, right? This was a, a different game. And I, I was still very impressed. Now, the last possession, it was chunk play after chunk play. And you, you could kind of feel it. It was like this defense is not stopping a thing on this drive. And they were close, too. They were so close. The Rams, obviously, going for it on that fourth down. That's the game there. And... Odell Beckham Jr. makes a great catch on Tavon Young at the marker, and that's where you really say, oh, no, this is not good. They had such a big chance, and, you know, the Rams made a play. It's unfortunate Tavon Young was there, but Odell Beckham is still a very good wide receiver despite some of the misconceptions about him. Tavon Young, nine total tackles, led this team. I thought he has played, you know, I thought he played great in this game, but he's played great all year. I mean, (laughs) I think he's been the Ravens' best tackler. I've said that multiple times. I'm pretty sure – Overall, he's been the Ravens' best tackler, but just from what you see on the field, I think he's been the Ravens' best tackler. Josh Bynes and Chuck Clark combined for 14 total tackles. They had seven each, and that was tied for the second-highest total on the team. Chuck Clark played out of his mind on Sunday in Week 17. Seven total tackles, as I said, two interceptions, three passes defense, one touchdown. He was he was all over the field. He was everywhere in this game. And probably, I mean, no, not probably. It was his best game of the season. And it's something that you you like to see that out of players. 
the kind of, I'm not going to say this is a breakout for Clark, because I think we know the player he is with his strengths, his weaknesses, but he, hey, he was ball hawking out there. Chuck Clark or Ed Reed out there. I mean, seriously, the guy, he came to play today. You know, he, he was somebody who made sure that the, the Ravens defense was able to limit Matthew Stafford and this Rams offense. Kevon Seymour, five tackles. Clay Campbell, Jimmy Smith, four apiece. Geno Stone, Tony Jefferson, three apiece. Both of them played well, I thought. I thought Jefferson played well for the second straight week. I think that if there is a way to get Jefferson back, if you can make the money work, and if he's not looking for anything crazy in the offseason, I'd bring him back as safety depth. He's shown a big knack for being around the football He's been decent in coverage, I think a lot better than his first stint with the Ravens. So he's been great and still almost had a phenomenal hit on Tyler Higby that almost was a fumble, but the ground did end up causing it. So it ended up being ruled a catch in a first down. But a really, really valiant play, a really valiant effort by the Ravens on defense. But it was it was the last drive that really hurt them, and it was the drive that cost them the game. You know, the Rams really took it to him on this drive. It was nine plays and 75 yards in a span at three and a half minutes, three minutes and 33 seconds to be exact. It was, you know, it starts off just not good. It was a 15 yard pass to Tyler Higby. That was the Geno Stone play I was just talking about. Then you have 24 yards to Cooper Cup and then another four yards for Cup and then another 15 yards from Stafford there to Skoransky. And then you have nine yards from Sony Michelle to the Baltimore nine. So they've already driven down the field at this point. And it's <laughs> just all this different stuff where in a span of three minutes, three and a half minutes, the Rams go all the way down the field and score. And again, when the Ravens don't score that touchdown, I'm kind of thinking, all right, this defense, it comes down to the defense. It's funny enough. And then on the offensive side of that, after the Rams scored the touchdown, it was just short pass after short pass. Not a, I mean, there was urgency, but the the yardage gained would not tell you that because it was short gain after short gain. I mean, to be exact, if the actual numbers will pop up here, Tyler Huntley got four yards to Mark Andrews. That's 57 seconds. Then the next snap was at 42 seconds, five yards to Devin Duvernay. That's 42 seconds to 25 seconds. And then, there was an incompletion, so the clock stopped at 22 seconds. Then it's four yards to Mark Andrews. So they've only moved nine yards in about 35 seconds with no timeouts at this point because the timeout was taken. And then there was a sack, and then there was a spike, and then there was a delay of game, and then there was the kind of like flea flicker last gasp, but this didn't work. It was stopped in like two seconds. So you know, the Ravens defense couldn't get the stop when it mattered. They gave up some big plays when it mattered. It, it all just came down to the stuff that was plaguing them early in the season outside of the tackling issues. I didn't think the Ravens had a ton of tackling issues in this game. I think that's one area that's improved for them, and I've been impressed with how it has improved. But the big plays have been there all year. You know, they've given up those big plays. And, you know, there's they're, they're, they've been a very consistent defense in terms of either the bad or the good that comes with them. Very consistent run defense, very consistent pass defense. It's just the pass defense is not the consistent you want overall. The Ravens held the Rams to three of nine on third down. So that's not terrible. I mean, 33% on third down is not awful whatsoever for comparison. Baltimore was four of 14. The Rams, 373 total yards of offense. The Ravens held the ball for longer than the Rams. The Rams, 26 minutes, 21 seconds. The Ravens, 33 minutes. In 39 seconds, and both teams had four penalties, but the difference in the game was the red zone. The Rams went three for four in the red zone, three for four. The Ravens over two. 
So, I mean, it's literally the discrepancy there where if the Ravens hold the Rams to a field goal on one of those red zone possessions, if the Ravens score a touchdown on one of their red zone possessions, this game looks so, so much different. So I tip my hat to the defense. I know some people won't be happy because of that final possession. And I understand like that was not a great final possession for the defense, but to hold this Rams offense to 20 points, I'd say is a pretty big feat and should have been enough to win the game, in my opinion. What into our final break? When we get back, we'll be diving into playoff scenarios and where they stand in the playoff race right now. This is for this Baltimore Ravens team, so stay tuned for that. And we'll be right back. Hey, Ravens fans, this is Kevin Ostriker with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about and get upside. Just download the free get upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents a gallon cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your banking account, PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. We return here. It's our final segment of this Lockdown Ravens Monday edition. Kevin Ostrecker still here with you as we dive into now some playoff scenarios for the Ravens. And it does not look good, to say the least, right now. I mean, this is a team that, again, 8-3 and three five weeks ago, and here we are. This team is 8-8. Eight and eight. They've lost five straight games, effectively all but taking themselves out of the playoff hunt. The Ravens were the number one seed at one point, again, just a couple weeks ago. And now here they are, and they have fallen from grace, to say the least. Now, this is recorded before Monday Night Football, but at the moment, they are the number 11 seed and right at the bottom of the AFC playoff race. And what the Ravens have had now is multiple weeks to get a win to prop themselves up to improve their standing in the playoff race and they have not done it so when looking at the actual AFC standings you have the Tennessee Titans at 11 and 5 they're number one the Kansas City Chiefs at 11 and 5 they're number two the Cincinnati Bengals at 10 and 6 and number three and they have also won the AFC North number four the Buffalo Bills at 10 and 6 number five the New England Patriots at 10 and 6 Number six, the Indianapolis Colts at nine and seven. Number seven, the Los Angeles Chargers at nine and seven. Number eight, the Las Vegas Raiders at nine and seven. Number nine, the Pittsburgh Steelers at seven, seven and one. Number 10, the Miami Dolphins at eight and eight. And number 11, the Ravens at eight and eight. So the tiebreakers are all over the place. <laughs> I mean, literally all over the place. Miami wins the tiebreaker over Baltimore just based off head-to-head win percentage. And Pittsburgh wins the tiebreaker over Miami because of conference win percentage. And it originally eliminated Baltimore because of head-to-head win percentage for Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So, yeah, right now the Ravens very much on the outside looking in. And when looking at Baltimore's actual playoff chances for Week 18, what needs to happen, Sarah Ellison put it out really nicely here. So there is a very minuscule chance, but there is a chance. The Ravens will have to beat the Steelers in Week 18 and rely on some help, namely the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Indianapolis Colts. New England Patriots beating the Miami Dolphins, the Las Vegas Raiders to beat the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Cleveland Browns to lose one of their final two games. Obviously, the first one of those two games coming on Monday night here against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yeah, the Ravens' playoff hopes rely on the Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) That's not a place you want to be in. And, you know, the Ravens will be the first to tell you, we need to take care of our business. We need to take care of our business. And, and, you know, we didn't do it, whatever. But right now, there is a very, 
very thin and narrow path for them to make the playoffs. It is possible. It is possible. Is it probable? No. Is it even the tiniest bit likely? Maybe even not that. <laughs> but, but there's a chance. No matter how small that chance is, it is there for the Ravens. And so there's there will be a rooting guide and everything you need to know, you know, especially on Ravens Wire. I'll come out with some stuff on that. But right now, the Ravens, if they don't make the playoffs and it's looking like that will be the case, they'll look back on this season and wonder, you know, where did the season go wrong? Injuries, this, that, and the other. I had said before the year, and I'm going to try to find this tweet actually to put back out, but I said injuries will be a defining factor for the Ravens this season, regardless of what happens. It was either they were able to overcome the injuries or they weren't able to overcome the injuries. And it goes, it goes a lot deeper than injuries. I understand execution, play calling, this, that, and the other. There is a lot that goes into why the Ravens are in the spot that they are today. But, you know, it's it's easy to go back and think about just where this team would be with a healthy J.K. Dobbins, a healthy Lamar Jackson, a healthy Gus Edwards, a healthy Marcus Peters, a healthy Derek Wolf, a healthy Ronnie Stanley. I could I could do that for hours and just talk about every single player that got injured and just who this, that, and the other with the injuries and the, and the COVID list and everything. Is this team is the most injured team in the NFL? They're the team that has hit, been hit very hard by COVID, one of the many teams that have been hit very hard by COVID. So looking at all that, looking at the, the, the fact that they're eight and eight right now, a lot of people didn't even have them in the position that they are right now. A lot of people had them in the top 10 drafting and never, never at eight and three. You know, they had comeback wins against the Colts and the Chiefs and all these different teams that people counted them out in. So this season has been a cursed season for the Ravens in multiple ways, just with the injuries and what they've been able to do. But, you know, it's also been magical in some other ways. And the fact that they are even still in the playoff hunt is kind of miraculous. Now, you know, you take that out from the fact that they were in prime position to at least make the wild card. And I'm shocked. I'm genuinely shocked that this team is probably not going to make the playoffs because I thought that the position they put themselves in, it would have been enough. But as I said last week, and even a couple weeks leading up to the year or leading up to this week, 10 and seven was enough for the Ravens to make the playoffs. Nine and eight is not. You know, I said I thought that the Ravens playoff chances would end against Los Angeles. I said it was going to be a one point loss, too. It was a little bit lower scoring than I anticipated, but I did get that right. But, you know, they just didn't do enough when they needed to. The four losses by a combined five points hurts in multiple ways. I, I totally understand that. And the way that the Ravens have responded to injuries has been phenomenal, it's been remarkable. They've done this next man up mentality in the real only game where you could say, all right, this team got the brakes beaten off of them was Cincinnati, both times. I mean, both times. It was Cincinnati where you could really say, wow, that was bad. That was really, really bad. But, again, you're losing close games to Green Bay, down 80 million players. You're losing close games to Pittsburgh, down 80 million players, and Cleveland and and whoever. You get big wins against the Chargers and against Minnesota and Indianapolis and Kansas City and even Detroit, Detroit, who hasn't been good at all this season, the Ravens made magic out of that. Now it was a game they probably shouldn't have won in hindsight, but that's just the season. That's just the fact. They did it. They came back and won, and a win is a win, but at the same time, a loss is a loss. And it's disappointing to, to think that this season is going to go the way, most likely, of 2015, where so much potential, so much promise and everything 
and it was injuries as a very big culprit and how that season turned out. Now, injuries are a key factor for every team. You know, it's not just a Ravens thing, but sometimes there are seasons like this. In the NBA, you look to the Golden State Warriors who were missing most of their team for the entire season. You know, they didn't necessarily tank, <laughs> I don't think, but, you know, they, they got the number two pick and they picked a really high player in that one in James Wiseman. They had a high draft pick and they were able to retool through that. And they are now one of the best teams in the NFL or in the NBA. If the Warriors were in the NFL, that'd be something. But, you know, they're, they're not one of the best teams in the NBA. So if this season does go the way of no playoffs by the Ravens and it's looking likely, there is hope at the end of the tunnel because this Ravens team has 10 draft picks upcoming. They're projected to have it. The season is not over by a long shot for now, but by the time week 18 ends, it very well could be. And it's looking likely that it will be. You know, I'm someone who is optimistic about this team and and thinks that they can do great things and wonderful things. And I, I my stance has been generally optimistic, but I am also a realist in the sense that I'm not going to come on here and say, oh, you know what? The Ravens are making the playoffs. This is 100% guaranteed. No, it's likely they're not. And it's unfortunate because of the season that they've had, all that they've responded to, all that they've done, and the position they put themselves in, as opposed to just lying down, rolling over, and saying, you know what? We'll get them next year. The Ravens can retool. They have a very important offseason coming up, regardless of whether they make the playoffs or not. But all I know is the Ravens have the Steelers ahead. They're focusing on Pittsburgh. They're controlling what they can control. And we'll talk about that all throughout the week here on Locked on Ravens. So, again, thank you so much for tuning in. We have a special guest on Wednesday, actually. And I'll give you a hint to who it is. We'll have a segment interview with this person. And the hint is he don't break the law. He fill in the blank there. If you can fill in the blank, comment it down below on YouTube. I'll give it a little, a little heart response on youtube if you do get it right but i'm very excited for that to come out it'll come out on wednesday with our mailbag the mailbag's still on don't worry so be sure to stay tuned for that but that's all i have for you here today on locked on ravens when we get back here tomorrow we'll be diving in to more ravens talk of course so stay tuned for that and i will see you tomorrow